Well, hello, and welcome to this week's uh, Photographic Life. Um, when I first started uh, this podcast, I, I was worried that would I have enough uh, kind of things to reflect on to, and to talk about each week. This week, there's absolutely no shortage. Um, and so I'm going to get started. Uh, I suppose one of the, the, the key elements of the past week, which is a follow-on from the discussion we were having last week in the podcast about um, something I went to see in Vancouver and that idea of, I suppose, contemporary art practice within photography. And I was working on something else and, and I just thought, well, I'm a little bit kind of confused as to where this is. So, so why don't I ask everybody, you know, why don't I put this out to the community and see, see what comes back? So across Facebook and across Twitter, um, I put out this comment. Uh, I'm looking for your definitions of what art photography is. And what defines a photographer as an artist? Over to you. No comment from me. And I didn't comment either. I just let these things run. The responses were confusing, informed, conflicting, subjective, academic, emotional, didactic, useful, but in the end, inconclusive. And, and I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. You know, why should we be able or should we have the same interpretation of what art is, let alone what art photography is. All of the points that were put forward seem to be very strongly held by the people that put them forward, because otherwise, why would they have done it? Why would they have shared that? It's quite interesting how many people sort of finished off their comment by saying, but that's just my opinion. Well, of course it is, and that's great. But it did leave me kind of in a point, I suppose, of if not... Um, a con with a conclusive answer, but with perhaps a conclusive understanding, which is that actually where we currently are with photography is that it's all photography. And there are a number of people who put forward, um, I suppose, descriptions as to what they thought art photography was. Um, some people went back to the, the kind of old school idea of it needing to be... Um, closer, I suppose, towards a painting than towards a photograph. And that's what made it art. But there are also a number of people who spoke about personal language, a visual language, expression, a concept, conceptual, seemed to come up a lot. And a lot of those elements are just as relevant in advertising photography or within editorial photography. So for me, it was a really useful experiment to throw that comment out there, although nothing came back that gave me an answer. Didn't expect an answer. I don't think there is an answer other than it's all photography. One of the things um, I never do is talk about cameras. And um, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that this is a camera-free zone. But a couple of cameras have come out recently that caught my eye. I thought, well, they look, they look rather good. I'll, I'll have a look into that. I should say at this point that I haven't bought a digital camera uh, for professional purposes since 2006. It's quite a long time ago, isn't it? I bought the original Canon 5Ds and I've kept them serviced all the way through um, the, the past years, and they've worked hard as well. They're still my go-to camera for um, all of my commissioned work. In fact, all of my work. I don't need extreme ISOs. I don't need moving image functionality on my DSLR camera, 
Um, and I just love those cameras. They work for me. They're an extension of, of my arm, I suppose. I just pick them up and use them. I don't have to worry about anything. And that made me think again, well, I'm somebody really engaged with photography um, and I've not bought a camera for that length of time. When I looked at the cameras that had caught my eye, one was I was shocked by how much um, they were. The particular one I was looking at was over £3,000. Um, but also, well, apart from the aesthetic look of the camera, I couldn't come up with a reason to buy one. I couldn't think why I needed another camera when the camera I've got does the job just as well. I wonder where that leaves camera manufacturers. I suppose it leaves them in quite a difficult position. If I kind of know it does. How can you get somebody to buy something, even when they're absolutely passionate about the subject, when they're fully engaged with the subject, and yet they're not interested in purchasing your product? I suppose in a way it's an issue a lot of us have when trying to get people to look at our work and to be interested in our work. With so much photography out there, how can we get somebody to look at ours and think, yeah, that's important. I want to actually work with that person. Continued conversations that I have always come down to the same thing. It's got to be about you. It's got to be about that visual language. It's got to have that USP that you bring to it. Maybe that's the problem with cameras. They all look too similar. On another note, altogether, as I said, cramming a lot of stuff in this week. Um, Tom Oldham, who's uh, contributed to a previous podcast, um, great photographer um, based in London, uh, put out a tweet the other day um, Anybody got any books, any photography books to send to him as he was working with some state schools and he wanted these kids to look at photography books and did anybody have any they could send him? Well, there was a deluge of response and Tom, if you follow Tom Oldham on Twitter, has been commenting on the fact that his park postman is now having to deliver a lot of very large, heavy boxes. But everybody... Um, was good enough and is being good enough to send books to Tom. So if you don't know about that, check out Tom uh, on Twitter and check out his work as well. Check him out on the previous podcast. He had a great contribution. Uh, but it was just a really, in a, a time when we hear so much bad news and so much sense of um, lack of community, I suppose, so much fraction uh, going on, uh, that kind of fracture of um, who we are and getting on with people. Um, it was great to see such a positive response to Tom's request and such a good reason for why he's doing it. Conversations around art photography as we started um, to discuss this week briefly and last week um, leads us, I think, rather nicely into this week's contributor to... Um, what does photography mean to me? Uh, Fleur Olby grew up in rural Yorkshire where she developed her love of nature. She studied for a, an MA in graphic design at Central St. Martins uh, in London and began working as a commissioned still life photographer in London in 1993. I remember her well uh, at that time. 
although we never worked together, I don't think, for editorial design and advertising clients, which she continued uh, to do for the following 15 years, uh, working for magazines such as the Sunday Times, Sunday Telegraph, Elle, The Independent, House and Garden Arena, Wallpaper, Marie Claire, Gardens Illustrated, and so on. Uh, her monograph, Fleur, Plant Portraits, a combination of commissioned and personal work, was published in 2005. Fleur describes herself as a photographic artist and her images and extended narratives as visual poems. Her self-published book series, Velvet Black, was launched at the Impressions Gallery Photo Book Fair uh, in Bradford in 2018, and she continues to develop her long-term project, Colour from Black, that looks at the sense of place through her connection with nature in rural areas of northern England. Nordlich, the Charles Dodgson Award and the Fifth Biennale in Barcelona all selected her work to be shown in group exhibitions in 2018. What does photography mean to me? I began making pictures in the early 90s when studying for my master's degree in graphic design. I graduated with a photography show and it became my profession. For me, photography is the catalyst that translates differing processes and emotion, opening up possibilities I never imagined and showing me the importance of the language as an understanding. If I stand and view it separately, it is a performance that I am still making, a series of books and installations interwoven. From the mathematical to the spontaneous, there is the initial recognition of seeing the feeling of something transient within your camera. Making the picture, not knowing which part of it is real or enigmatic. Whatever it is, it doesn't stop. Sometimes it's not around and you wonder where it's gone. It isn't formulaic or something you can learn. I remember the first time I felt this emotion. A synapse, suddenly present. A realisation of a fluid visual language you become part of. As a young photographer, it was important to make a look. And my first monograph, Fleur, Plant Portraits, is the white work I made in the studio. This book began the transition of my practice into archival collaborations and an ongoing long-term body of work about nature, where photography has become an ode on the sensation of beauty encompassing the outside within. As this becomes deeper, so my use of the camera changes. The 5-4 still life methodology teaches you patience and detail, where the image becomes a perfection of this as you work through the process. Working differently now, photography is the backbone of the work I am progressing. I find my pictures through the interaction they are spontaneous photo sketches mixing digital with analogue, found through walking, driving, planting, revisiting place within landscape, gardens and their plants, creating an abstract narrative. Conveying this sensation through repetition or nuance of detail is how I am progressing photography into different forms. Through photography, I am preserving and conserving nature. Really interesting to hear Fleur's take there 
on photography. And um, again, a theme seems to have developed uh, unintentionally with her take and understanding and her relationship with the medium of photography. Perhaps it also opens up some more discussion around this idea of contemporary art practice. It's interesting to hear that, I think it's interesting that she describes what she does as a practice, but she's also open to the idea, again, as we discussed last week, of both digital and analogue work working alongside each other uh, with the work that she creates. It's also interesting, I think, to see how she comes from that commissioned background into a, a, a more personal let's use the word art-based practice um, rather than the other way around. And a lot of the conversations I have with people are about the fact that they're creating this very personal art-based work, but also then want to be commissioned. So they're kind of going about it the, the other way around and finding that balance between retaining your personal visual language and also earning a living and being commissioned is a difficult one, but it is possible to do. It just requires some tangential thinking. And it also requires, as I'm discovering in the conversations I've been having with the mentees to the United Nations of Photography a free mentee program, mentor program, um, is that it's requiring a, a sort of a subtle twist of thinking about their relationship with the photography they're doing and actually how they can earn a living from that. Interestingly enough, over the last uh, couple of weeks, I've seen a number of degree shows. Um, I went to the foundation show, actually, at Oxford Brooks, um, which was fantastically exciting to go back to a foundation show. There are very foundation is, is was a year long diploma that you used to do in the UK um, before you went on to do a degree in an art-based subject. So in reality, you ended up doing four years. So for example, I did my foundation in fine art and painting and sculpture at Wimbledon School of Art. And then I then went on to study graphics at St. Martin's School of Art. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the foundation courses have been closed uh, in the UK. And now a lot of students go straight from school or straight from college into university education without that that year break what i f just adored about the foundation course was the energy and the enthusiasm and the ideas there were some great photography um students there but there was also so much kind of ah oh, just joy in the art of making and the art of process and the art of i suppose in a way expression in reflection, sort of as a kind of a, um, what's the word? I suppose looking at the photography exhibitions I've seen over the last uh, few weeks, um, that joy hasn't been there. That, that sense of creativity and energy hasn't been there. It feels as if um, too many of the young photographers are creating work which is work they think they need to create because they're seeing it elsewhere um, as a recognisable thing that that's the appropriate answer to studying three years of photography. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you listening to this. Maybe it only makes sense if you've 
been out and and seen some degree shows. I say this is the the time of the year for it. Um, perhaps the one to go to is the freeze show, and you can see everything all in one go. Not something I'm a fan of. I have to be honest. Feels a bit like to me like a kind of photo supermarket, but that's a personal opinion. Anyway, um, that joy doesn't seem to be there. An introspection seems to have kind of uh, engulfed that that excitement in creating photographic images. And certainly that excitement in creating photographic images is not something I want to personally lose. And it certainly isn't something I would want to see an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old um, having lost or a 20, 21-year-old, whatever age it may be that the student is progressing through that photographic education. And I, I know we've been talking a little bit about photographic education over the, the last couple of weeks, but I do think it's really important because that's the future of our medium we're talking about there. You know, this is the progression of photography um, and everything is cyclical. I, I was having a conversation the other day um, with somebody who was interviewing me for a podcast and uh, he was talking about the fact that um, there seemed to be so much kind of great photography coming out of Britain that he was seeing. Particularly, interestingly enough, people such as Alice Tomlinson, Jim Mortram, uh, Robert Darch, um, Dan Wood, photographers who've all contributed to this podcast in, in previous issues. And how, you know, he was asking me, you, did I feel that this work was a, ref, a kind of a reflection or a response to the years of austerity, the political, social and economic situation we've had in the country? Um, I wasn't sure about that. But what I am sure of is that having been around long enough, I can recognise the cyclical nature of photography and the cyclical nature of um, a type of photography. Um, that sort of comes in and out of fashion, but it's not just in the approach, it's also in the subject matter. And it seems to me, and I may be, of course, I may be wrong about this, I'm wrong about many things, is that the work that's coming out now, there's work that's kind of a response to austerity and is either angry or is kind of revelatory and is showing us something. And there's other work that almost feels as if it's closing in on itself as a response to um, hard times. Um, so, again, thoughts. Thoughts um, just to consider, really. I may be right, I may be wrong, I don't know. But what I do know is certainly in the coming week, and I hope you all do too, we should all take care. <laughs>